Well, as we get into the word this morning, we're so thankful to, again, be hosting this. We're so glad to see everybody here. It's a great turnout for the first one of hopefully more. Amen. And we're glad for those awesome words this morning. I want to break the ice by telling you something I told my church on myself. We've been working really hard to get the building ready and we decided to stay here and not move. We were going to try to find another building that had opened up and the doors just kind of closed. They were asking for some crazy numbers and it didn't work out. So we decided to stay here and put some more money into it. It's hard to put the money into it when you're renting, but we decided to expand and just believe God for here for now because eventually they're going to widen the road uh, out here and we'll lose our sign and all kinds of stuff. But the owner came and assured us that they told him that 30 years ago. So we don't know when it's going to happen. Hopefully it won't be soon. So we decided to stay and <clears throat> take out the bar and do some different things. And so I've been working up here sometimes 12, 13 hours a day. My dad and other people, Paul Platt was a savior getting that uh, drywall, helped me tape and mud it and stuff. And so everybody's been working, but I've been just living up here. One night we got snowed in and uh, spent the night here, had a little slumber party and uh, just been going crazy and working like crazy and, and uh been super tired and so I, I last Sunday I got home from church and it was the first time I was able to literally sit down for several weeks and so I'm sitting there and I just turned the TV on and I just laid back in my chair and I was just kind of relaxing and I got a call from one of our pastors so I answered it and I put it on speakerphone and I had it on my chest you know and so I was talking and he was sharing some stuff with me and, and I was listening intently and then all of a sudden, I woke up and looked down at my phone and realized I had fallen asleep on the phone and it was call ended. And so I just hit redial real quick and said, oops, I lost you. I don't know how long of a lapse that happened, but Pastor Chris might know I'm talking about him right now. I did not tell him until just now. That was you, buddy. I have no idea how long the lapse was, but. That's how tired I was. Amen. But it's good, like Pastor Paul said, to work for the Lord. Amen. And work until we'll rest when we get to heaven. So that's, that's, our, that's our mentality. Amen. If you'd open your Bibles to Numbers chapter 14, I want, I want to preach a message this morning that I actually have preached before. That does happen. Amen. And I actually did preach this at a conference, but I believe it was anywhere from 8 to 10 years ago. And I know that we had not even started this church yet, so I know none of the people from Denton have heard this. And I think it's uh, timely to preach it again. I believe it's something we need for today and for now. And so the Lord's uh, put this on my heart to preach this message, so I'm not going to try to hide that I have preached it before, but I believe God will show us some different things if you have heard it or remember. But I want to talk, if you're taking notes, about the importance of having unity in who we are. Amen. The importance of having unity in who we are. Father, we ask you this morning to just help us close out this morning session with, with the final word, God, to just help us continue to go forward as the Fellowship Victory World Outreach, Lord, and to continue to, to blaze a path, Father, for others behind us and to continue to, to live the vision and fulfill the vision that you've called us to have as a church 
and church is and, and body of Christ that we are this morning. We ask you to anoint this word. We ask, Lord, that there be no flesh that would glory in your presence this morning. And God, we ask that you would supernaturally just open up our hearts and minds to receive this morning what you have for us. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. We're going to look at Numbers 14 in just a second, but how many in here are like me and you like to eat? Do I have anybody else in here that likes to eat? Some of you are not raising your hand that I know like to eat, so again, liars. <clears throat> be honest, amen. How many used to like to eat? Maybe you used to like to eat and you don't like to eat anymore. Well, I like to eat. So I work out and exercise so I can eat. And one of my favorite places, I have lots, but I love this place called Firehouse Subs. And they don't have one up here in Denton. I'm very upset about that. I'm praying for it to get up here. They have one in Louisville. And I, you guys have one in Colorado Springs. If you haven't been there, go there. Good place. And they're a franchise of uh, sandwich places. They'll blow Subway. I like Subway. Subway for years. Quiznos is good. A lot of good sandwich places, but this place blows them all out the water, in my opinion. And so they're really good. And so I, I met this guy playing basketball at 24-Hour Fitness, and he plays overseas and stuff, and he owns, part owns one, that one down in Louisville. So first time I went in there, we walked through the door, and as soon as you walk through the door, they shout, welcome to Firehouse. They shout real loud, and they say it with that little accent, welcome to Firehouse. And so that's how I walked in the first time, and then I got to know, I knew the owner, and so from there on, Every time I'd walk in, welcome to Firehouse, Blake. Then I came in one day with my dad. He said, welcome to Firehouse, Blake and Blake Papa. <laughs> then I walked in another day with my wife. Welcome to, welcome to Firehouse, Blake and Blake's girl. He wasn't trying to teach you to know what to say, right? Another day, Blake and daughter and all this. Every time I go in, it's, my dad don't let me lie. That's how it is. They're super, super nice. They're, they're, they're a franchise, but they have got... They've got it going on in this place. I mean, they just, this particular one especially just knows how to treat people. How many know that's really important? Pastor Mario hit on that a lot at the beginning about how important it is that we're real with people, we love people, and we, have, we, we treat people good. And there's just something about, I mean, the sandwiches were already good before I started eating them because they made me feel so welcome. And it's like when you walk in and they say your name, you feel like the president or something, you know, and then they start saying your daddy and all this stuff, and everybody in the store is looking at it, and the man, this guy knows my name, and it just makes you feel good, so the food tastes good no matter what, right, because you've already opened up that door, and so, but we found out there was another firehouse, me and my dad, thank God, I thank God, if you don't know, my father, my father is my assistant pastor, and it's a, it's a blessing, all these years we've wanted to be able to serve together, and now we get to serve together in the church, so that's my dad back there, if you don't know, <laughs> Pastor Andrews. He's half the man he used to be, amen, he's lost a lot of weight, so he's looking good, and we go and, and uh, do a lot of fellowshipping together and serve together, and so we, we went to this other firehouse, and it's the same restaurant, same sign, same name, same everything, but we walked in there, you know what I was looking for when I walked in there? Welcome to firehouse, but they didn't say it, and I was like, man, Y'all just let me, I didn't say it to him, but I was like, Dad, they didn't say welcome to Firehouse. And well, I was disappointed. And they had a bigger restaurant. And I'm thinking, the first thing I thought, I told my dad, JP needs this restaurant. He has the, he has a, he's got it going on better because he says welcome to Firehouse. And he says our names. These people didn't say nothing. And then, and then I went to another one in this place called Frisco, and they were like, welcome to Firehouse. 
and they're doing it it just wasn't the same but it was a franchise and the idea is church what we're trying to do this morning as victory world outreach is we're a franchise we are a franchise and uh we're in the middle most of the time right here at conference especially right there at discipleship you're here i mean you didn't drive all the way right it's very rare probably that you drove all the way from phoenix or colorado or anywhere else to get here and you've just got you know you just got saved possibly but you're here because you're in the discipleship phase and hopefully you're heading towards if god's calling you eventually the church planting where we can church plant churches but in that discipleship phase as a church and as a body and as believers and as disciples how many disciples are here this morning we are disciples. As those disciples, we have to understand that, that God has a dimension and a dynamic for us to work together under one vision that our pastor, Pastor Jones, has established. And we are part of Victory World Outreach this morning. And so the thing is learning what we're about, how we work, how we do things. And, and this goes along with, you know, you could shout out this morning, and I know we all know everybody has different tastes in food, right? There's no doubt about that. That's why there's so many different restaurants. Because you'll say, man, I love this place, and then you'll talk to someone else, and they'll, I don't like that place. And it's like, don't mess with my favorite place, man. That's a good place. And then you personally hear them say what their favorite place is, and you're like, they ain't got no taste. <laughs> right? Does anybody like that? They ain't got no taste. But everybody has different taste buds. So the thing is, though, and there's many churches today, and, and Pastor Bland said it last night, we remind you we're not the only church. There's lots of churches going to heaven. But there is something that this fellowship has that is special. And it's unique. And, and maybe you're here from the home church, and you've been in this church for a long time. And I, I want to I do something real quick. If you've been in the home church or in the fellowship for more than 10 years, just raise your hand and hold it up for a second. More than 10 years. That's a long time. I want, I want our church to see that. You've been in the fellowship in this church more than 15 years. Raise your hand. Look at all those hands. In the home church or in this fellowship more than 20 years. Look around, church. 25 years. 30 years. I hope Denton's looking at this because I talk about it all the time. I like longevity. I like to look at a marriage that's lasted. I like to look at a business that's lasted. It doesn't mean that the ones that didn't last, or you know, they can't be restored. And they're great message last night on restoration. But if I'm modeling my life after something I want to be a part of, if I want to have a great marriage, I'm going to look at a marriage that's lasted. If I'm going to look at someone who's got a business and I'm going to do a business, I'm not going to go follow somebody who's failed three businesses. I'm going to follow somebody who has done a business that's lasted. And I want to learn from them. You can learn from the mistakes of those that haven't lasted. But the idea is that we understand in our minds the Bible is the Bible and the Bible doesn't change. But how it's, how it's presented and, and how we work is, is part of a franchise. And there's a unity that we need to work in. And again, if you've been in the home church for a long time, these things I know need to be refreshed to us again. Because there's a lot of people coming in and, 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 and getting adjusted and learning about Victory World Outreach that need you to show them what the longevity has done and how the destiny in your lives has changed. There are people, I won't have them raise their hands, there are people here today that were born in the fellowship. They were literally born in the church. 
And that's what we want. We want to see that longevity last in our lives. And so if we're franchised, we know that Christ is the head of the body, but we are the body and we understand this morning that there's a certain way we walk, there's a certain way we talk, there's a certain way we do things. I want you to look at Numbers 14, verse 22, say amen if you're there says here because this is after they're already come out of out of the wilderness and now God's trying to take them into the promised land and now they're at the place where they're 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 just about to get the answer all the pastors in here this morning and maybe some of you that are disciples have seen this and we've seen it too many times in my opinion where people have gotten to where they're just about to to get into the promised land and they stop or they're just about to get their victory and they go back. Or they're just about to get a breakthrough in, in something and they, for whatever reason, they, they change the color of the paint in the church or, or, or they change the sign on the nursery door or something offensive came that wasn't by, by intent and, and then they walk out of the destiny that God has for their life and they don't see the big picture. The big picture. And, and I've been in this fellowship for 15 years now. And I'm telling you that I've seen a, a sustainability in our fellowship and I've seen a vision in our fellowship that has not changed. Amen. I don't want to go to Firehouse Subs and, and not have my favorite sandwich on the menu. It's the hero. That's what it's called. So if you go, try the hero. There's a lot of good ones, but that's the best. I, if I walk into Firehouse Subs and they don't have a hero, I'm going to be very disappointed. Just like I'm disappointed when I don't hear my name. If JP's not there, the experience is not the same. Right? But when we're looking for the things of God, we understand that there's just certain things that are so important that we don't mess with them. And I'm, I'm thankful, and I hope you are, that we're in a vision that has not changed all these years. That as time has changed and as models have changed and as churches have changed and as, as the wind has blown and, and different things, thank God this morning, church, our vision has not changed. How many are glad that you're a part of something that's still doing what God wants us to do? And we're not just, just doing the latest thing. And I'm the kind of person, if I learn something, I don't want to get, finally get it down. And we're like, okay, I got this together. And then a month later, they're saying, well, we're going in a different direction. I don't want that. I like, I like to know that this is how we work and this is what we're doing and this is where we're going. And Numbers 14 says this. They, they, they're, sorry, I, I keep trying to tell you, look at it, but they're wandering. They already came through the wilderness. Now the promised land's right there, right in front of them, and they're about to walk into it, and they're still complaining, they're still murmuring, they're still upset, and, 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 and the, the word says something very powerful here in verse 22. It says, because all these men who have seen my glory and the signs which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness, I mean, how many things do you have to see God do before you realize there's fruit where you're at? Amen. And have put me to the test, now watch this, these ten times. And have not heeded my voice. He says, they certainly shall not see the land of which I swore to their fathers. Nor shall any of those who rejected me see it. How many believe there's some people who've walked out of not only the destiny of God for their lives, but probably out of the path this morning, amen. Just walked out of it. And then he says this, this promise. This is for us this morning. He says, but my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully. 
How many want to have a different spirit? Now, when I say different, I don't mean different from everybody else in, in an indifferent way. I mean different than those rebellious people or different than those that are not on the path to their destiny this morning. He says they had, he had a different spirit in him. And how many know there's just two spirits? You either got one or the other, but he's talking about the right one. The right spirit, a teachable spirit, a, an open spirit, a loving spirit, a heartfelt spirit. And it says he has followed me fully. Amen. How many want, how many want Jesus to, to say to you it, when you stand before him, you have followed me fully. Hear those words, enter in, good and faithful servant. Amen. And he says, I will bring into the land where he went and his descendants shall inherit it. I want to leave something for my children. I want to leave something for my children's children. Amen. I want to leave something that's going to last. And there's something that's lasting in this. There's something that's happening in us this morning that's lasting. Amen. So uh, I want you to look this morning or think about this morning just a few things. We know some of these verses. So I'm not going to bore you with some of these verses, but we know that Habakkuk chapter 2 says something very important. Then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision down and make it plain. I'm thankful this morning that our vision is not difficult. I'm thankful that God's vision is. How many have noticed over the years of your life, maybe you've been saved a little while, you've been saved a long time, like my dad. My dad's been saved 50 years. Dad, the silence on that alarm back in the back. Amen. 50 years. See how I threw that in? Gave him a little thing to do while I was admonishing him. Amen. 50 years saved. So no matter how long you've been saved, how many have noticed and realized over your walk that, 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 that this is a difficult walk? It's not easy to be a believer. And that's why Jesus said that the path to him is narrow and it's not wide and, it, and not everybody's going to get there because along the way, people fall out of the race. But there has to be some sustainability in our lives and I have to have something to focus on. I have to have something to look at. And I have to look at people around me that, that are doing the same thing and say, okay, we're going the right direction. And I'm not going to follow those that are falling off to the left or falling off to the right. I'm going to stay the course. And I'm going to be standing when it's all said and done. Amen. But the, the thing is, is it's a simple gospel. And as you've talked to somebody and witnessed to somebody, they, how many know they try to make it difficult? You ever talk to someone who's got a whole bunch of head knowledge about the Bible, but does not know him at all? You, this is the worst kind of person to talk to. Because they'll, they'll, they'll outverse you, they'll outtalk you, they'll out, they'll, they got more knowledge than you, but they have no spiritual application in their life whatsoever. Amen. They can't put one foot in front of the other. But they can quote scriptures all day long. And that's a lot of times how it seems that things can happen in church. We can begin to try to make it more difficult than it is. Those messages right before were exactly what I'm talking about. And last night is that it's our job and it's our call and it's our vision to restore people. It's our job and our call and our vision to reach the lost. And then once they're reached, then we teach them how to be disciples. And listen, to become a disciple, you are going to get your toes stepped on sometimes. You cannot be a disciple unless you get your toes stepped on sometimes. And you have to be willing. It's not that somebody's just wanting, walking around trying to stomp ants. Amen. It's because there's some direction that we need in our lives. I thank God for the direction in my life. I thank God for the toes being stepped on. Amen. I'm still walking today. I've been stepped on many times in correction, but I'm still walking. My feet still work, but I'm going in the right direction. 
because of the spirit of unity that I have seen and how I've learned. And listen, the reason this happens is because of a teachable spirit. Amen. How many want, maybe you don't have it yet or you don't know if you have it, but how many want to have a teachable spirit? Amen. A spirit that says, teach me. I want to learn. Amen. Acts 4.13 says that the vision is plain. Amen. Acts 4.13 says that, sorry, that they were not uh, super smart people. They saw the boldness of Peter and John. They weren't super educated. They didn't have it all together. And they said they perceived that they were uneducated and untrained. Some of you might say, man, I don't have an education. I don't have a degree. I don't have it all together. God will give you the degree. God will give you everything you need. He'll equip you with everything you need this morning. If you will just stand back and say, God, teach me. I want to learn, amen? I want to be a disciple. So the vision is plain this morning. It's not hard. If you don't know the vision, talk to somebody in your church and say, just explain it to me one more time. Just show me exactly, you know, go to somebody in your church, go to a leader, go to a pastor and say, what are the things that we just don't do? What are the things we just don't do? Why don't you go have that kind of spirit? Because it's better to ask than to be corrected. Amen. What, do we, what is the things we don't do? And I'm not talking about doctrinal things. I'm not talking about biblical things. I'm talking about how we, how we act. And I'm going to finish that up in a second. You'll, it'll make sense. But, you know, we're not looking for, as somebody said earlier, I think uh, either Pastor Mario or Pastor Paul, about the vacuuming. I think it's Pastor Paul. We're not looking for a title. Amen. We're not looking for somebody to, to always pat us on the back. We're looking for God's approval. And we always have to remember he's the one we're working for this morning. It's not for men. We do it unto the Lord, but we do it for, for, through men and, and with men and with a team, but it's for God. Let us never lose track of that. But if we get off to the side of where uh, Pastor Dustin, we were talking about this this year, one of the ladies in, in the church in Costa Rica passed away, that she used to say, God is my pastor. That's not going to work. Because you have to have someone on this earth that you submit to. You, you can't just say, well, I submit to God. That's great that you submit to God, but you, you can't walk into your workplace and tell your boss, I don't submit to you. I don't have a boss. My God's my boss. He'll say, yeah, that's fine. You're fired. You're not going to have a job very long. Amen. There's an order of God, and when we get that in our understanding that there's an order, it's not where somebody's trying to just rule your life, but sometimes somebody's trying to keep you out of trouble. Amen, I thank God, and, I've, and, and listen, my, you can ask anybody in my church how much we talk about our fellowship, how much we talk about our leadership, how much we talk about the fact that we are accountable to other people, that we're not a, a lone ranger over here in Denton, Texas, that we're not by ourselves, that we're a part of a bigger picture. We're looking at a bigger picture this morning. Look at this, a Friday morning, amen? Look at all these people of a bigger picture in a different place. This shows that the vision can carry. It doesn't have to just be in the home church in Colorado Springs. We can take it out of Colorado Springs and the vision carries. It's movable, but we move together. We move in unity. We move in love. We move in power. Amen. And so there's some things that we have to work on. We have to catch the vision. Amen. You know, we know we're supposed to plant churches. There's not a pastor in this place that doesn't want to plant churches. If we could just use fish, we'd have a lot of churches planted. And I mean real fish, not people. Y'all follow me? Because people are hard to train sometimes. How many, I want to ask all y'all pastors how many you can raise up your hand and say, hey, I have tried and tried and tried to get someone ready to go plant a church. 
And it seems like right when you get them ready and right when you spent three years in their lives and right when they're about to get to where you're going to call them forward and go, something goes crazy. Whether it's him or it's the wife or it's both, it just goes crazy. And, all, and then they're not even in the church anymore. You spent three years on them, right? I know pastors know what I'm talking about. So we understand the vision. Sometimes we're not always doing what we know we're supposed to do, but we don't want to just send somebody out to fail either. But we know the vision, that we are trying to plant churches, that we are trying to multiply what God has, got, has done in our home church in Colorado Springs. Amen? So we have a model to look at, listen, biblically and physically. We have a model biblically and physically. The book of Acts is our model, biblically. And the physical act model, model sorry, is our home church. It's what we, we go off of. It's our franchise. Okay? And you don't walk into a franchise place and see something out of place. It, 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 is, it really is amazing that you can go to Africa, that you can go to Russia, that you can go to Costa Rica, that you can go to Canada, that you can go anywhere in the world and you're going to find McDonald's. Amen. And you're going to find that, that sign is going to look the same. The menu is going to be mostly the same, although we know that they don't always use the same animals. Amen, it seems to be, right? Animals are different. You might not be getting a chicken sandwich. Might be duck, rat, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but you know what I'm saying. They still make it look like a Big Mac. Okay? But in a franchise, you do, how many know what I'm talking about? You walk in there in Japan, amen, wherever, and you see that franchise signs the same, the vision's the same, the, the menu's the same, and, and everything's the same, and they have a, a order of how they do things. That's how our churches should look. Amen. We didn't come to Denton, Texas to, you know, Ben, ben just told me just now, I didn't even think about it. He's like, man, this looks like the church in Pavas. Well, the church in Pavas was look, trying to be like the church in the home church. I've always tried to make it look like the home church, no matter what. That's our job. It's our vision to try to look like the franchise that we're a part of because we're part of Victory World Outreach. So let me give you a couple of things that are, that are important. I'm not, I'm not going to go into so much of this, but we know how our service works. We know how we start. If you, hopefully you've been here and you felt like you're in the home church. Start the service. We just start with the music. We don't do anything before. We just start up. People start singing. Then we go into worship. Then we go into praise, praising the Lord. Then we pray. Then we have time sometimes of gathering or greeting. Then we have an offering. Then we have a message. Worship and praise is not the focal point of our service. It's not the focal point of our service. It's a good part. It's an important part, but it's not the focal point. We don't sing for an hour. We don't sing for an hour and a half. We don't have smoke lights and, and, and lights and we don't have people up here dancing and looking the part like it's, a rock, like it's a concert. It's praise and worship. Amen. It's not the focal point of the church. It's, it's drawing people into the presence so they can hear the word of God. And then the preaching is the focal point. The word of God. It, it, it blows me away sometimes when we hear people say, well, I'm just not getting fed there. Then you must like sugar. I think we preach the truth. I think we preach the word. Amen. We preach it how it is. Don't you believe that? We do. And you're going to get you're going to get problems when you do that. And then and then the final part of the service is that altar call. You make that altar call and then we have more worship. People have done business with God. And so we came here and we did the same thing. 
And that's what we, we need to do. We need to do the same thing. There's a way we do things. How many know there's the old saying that says, if it's not broke, don't fix it. If it's not broke, don't fix it. Just do what, what our home church does. Because why? Listen, I'm a franchise. You're a franchise. Say, I'm a franchise. Amen. No, I'm a, I'm a Christian. Don't be super spiritual. Don't try to be super spiritual. There's, a, there's an order. And the quicker we understand the order of God, the quicker God can move in us. Now, here's a few things that, that for new converts or pastors or whatever, some things that we, we, we contend for that, are, that, are, that, that do not change, amen, if you're taking notes. We don't, we don't mess with these things. Number one is Jesus Christ crucified, raised from the dead, and coming again for us. We don't mess around with that. That's something as a, as a church and as a fellowship we believe for. And listen, if we don't, I think Pastor Bland said that last night, if, if we don't, that, that someone else quoted, I believe, if we don't get Jesus right, everything, we can get everything right. Maybe it wasn't you, I don't know, I, I heard it recently. If we don't, we can get everything right in church, but if we don't get Jesus right, we get it all wrong. And so Jesus is the focal point of our church. He's, he's, the, he's the cornerstone. Him, that he came, that he lived a perfect life, that he died, that he rose again, and that he's coming again. If we start with that, everything else will be right. Amen. Not too long ago, I stepped on some toes, not in our people's church, but on some bigwigs church because he had a Twitter account that he had mentioned. He has millions and millions of followers. And y'all, some of y'all already know who it is. I don't even have to say his name. Millions and millions of, he smiles a lot. Millions and millions of followers. And in his Twitter account, the entire past year, he mentioned the name of Jesus twice. Jesus, twice. You'd see all out of other words. You'd see God. You'd see motivation. You'd see champion. You'd see growth. You'd see prosperity. You'd see all these words. Listen, church, if our church is not built around Jesus, we are not doing anything this morning. The church has got to be built around Jesus and him crucified, and him risen from the dead, and him coming again, hallelujah. Let's get that right. Amen. We get that right, we get everything else right. We have to contend for that. That leads us into the repentance for our sins. That we preach messages, pastors and disciples, in our Bible studies, and whatever, that, is, that is leading people to repentance. Repentance is what brings true revival where a people are sorry for their sins. And we know the great verse this morning that his kindness leads us to repentance. It's that love that we share, that love that Pastor Mario talked about so greatly that we need to reach out to people, amen, and, and have that spirit of believing in people. What an awesome message from Pastor Blaine about restoration. Amen. It's hard sometimes to get all this pulled together, but the idea is that I got to understand. I'm going to stop and throw this out real quick before I forget it. Something the Lord spoke to me recently, and I'm going to say this real quick for your notes because this is something I believe is very important before I continue, that we have to get right again. And, and, and this happened a couple weeks ago, and uh, the Lord gave it to me at an altar call. There's three things that you've really got to get a grip of. In your walk, if you're going to make it, especially in this message of a franchise and walking in unity and understanding, number one is, please, if you don't write anything else down, write this down and think about this today and this week and get this right. You need to know who your God is. You have to know. 
What, what I mean by that is that you don't have a knowledge of who God is by somebody else. That your, that your understanding of God is not up here. That your understand. listen, it's, I, there's, a, there's a generation today of people, I see them on the basketball court, men that, that have been raised in church, drugged to church by their grandparents. Thank God they took them to church. But the only knowledge they have of God is what their grandparents told them and what their grandparents showed them. But they've never had an encounter with God, so they don't know for themselves who God is. And so anybody can come into a church or come into a place or come into an atmosphere of people and draw them away because they don't know who God is for them. You must know who God is for you. Your foundation must be strong. And that's, that goes back to understanding who Jesus is because if you're a new convert, listen, it, it's going to be hard for you to ever get it all. There's so much to get in this Bible. But get that right and have a foundation and know for yourself that if somebody else around you is failing or somebody else around you in your circle of friends, because let's just be honest, there's going to be people in church that you want to be around more than others. That's not clicks. That's, 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 that's being around people that have the same likes. We, we, we have to work to all get along and all love each other, but don't be a hypocrite and act like you don't have some people that you'd rather talk to than others and some people you could go without talking to at all. Amen. But that's not what God called us to do. He called us to be in unity. He called us to find something in common with each other. And that is the vision and that is Jesus. But we have to know that if someone in my friend circle... Amen. Not my Facebook circle, my friend circle, real friends, people you actually talk to. That circle, if somebody begins to go off the path, I don't follow them because I know who God is. I know who God is. They're not going to change my faith. They're not going to change what I believe because it, it, I was reading just recently where Paul said in Galatians that if, if an angel came and preached any other gospel, don't listen to it. If an angel came in prison. So, so many people today are being drawn into this sugar-coated mega church movement and they don't know what they believe because they don't know who God is for themselves. So you must know who God is. Second is you must know who the people all around, are around you. This is vital to the unity of the church. What I mean by this is if you begin to get to know somebody, how many know we've got fire starters and we've got fellowships and we've got ministries and, and inside the church there's breakaway ministries and there's Spanish ministry and there's, there's fire starters again and there's children's church and there's, there's times outside of the local assembly where we're gathered together in a smaller group. There's discipleship, there's ladies meetings, there's all these things and so you begin to get to know somebody. You begin to build a friendship with somebody. You begin to, to have a camaraderie with somebody. You find a like-mindedness, not only in God and in the vision, but in friendship and love. And you begin to, to really reach out to that person. And then all of a sudden, this follow me, all of a sudden in this circle of people that you know, somebody comes along and says something about that person. That's, not, that's negative. And somehow, like a chameleon, is that the right animal? Like a chameleon, you begin to talk and act like they do about that person that you know. Y'all following me? Oh, yeah, that's right. That Man, that's true. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they do kind of get on my nerves, too. Yeah, they do kind of, yeah. You just, you, just, you just left coffee with them. It's quiet in here. 
You just had coffee with them. You just had a great conversation. Y'all just hugged and told each other you loved each other. But now you walked away and somebody else says something derogatory about that person and you just jump right on board. Instead of saying, hey, I like that person. That's my friend. That's my partner in ministry. That's, that's my church member. That's my brother. That's my sister. I know that person. Don't talk about him like that. Gossip can only go as far as your ears. Let it go. Stop it. They'll go find somebody else. Say, listen, you want to gossip, you're talking to the wrong person. Because that person's my friend. You need to know who the people are around you. Because, see, that's a lot of times what really kills churches. No matter if it's 10 or 1,000. Is where people are double-minded. A double-minded person is unstable in all his ways. So if somebody begins to talk about someone I know, I'm going to defend them. Because I know the people around me. Amen? And the third thing is you need to know what you believe about your church. The church you go to. If we really believe in this gospel thing, church is pretty, pretty important. Because we're not, I guarantee you there's no SMOs here this morning. Because Friday. <laughs> you can't be. It's Friday. You only show up on Sunday mornings. So this is cool. No SMOs. Some of y'all don't know what that is. It means Sunday morning only. Some people are like, did he just cuss? <laughs> I see some of y'all. He just cussed, didn't he? No. So we understand that there, there's, there, there, there's a people here that say, God is my life, but I show God is my life by being at his house. Church. And we're here because we're a bunch of crazy, fanatical, crazy, fanatical, wild people here this morning at church on a Friday morning. We must be nuts. And some of you drove 700 miles to be here for 24 hours. Hallelujah. We must be crazy. So we believe church is important. And if we believe church is important, then we would protect our church and protect the people in the church and protect our leadership protect our pastors I said a couple weeks ago there ain't nobody gonna talk bad about my pastor or my pastors no one's gonna talk bad about my pastors I'm gonna defend them come on say amen or woe is me church these are healthy things so I need to know who God is I need to know who the people around me are and I need to know what my church is about. If I'm there, I need to get all in. Another thing we have to contend for, I left that for a second, I'll come back to as I, as I begin to close, is miracles. Pastor Marshall preached that Wednesday night. We need to believe for signs and wonders. We've got to believe for miracles. We had a wedding couple weeks ago Jesse and Elena that are here new converts they got married amen and 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 he, he he's been delivered from drugs they've been delivered from a life of partying amen and God's doing great things in their lives and and we did a we did a Jesus wedding amen that I learned how to do in victory world outreach I didn't even know what a Jesus wedding was and we had service and had the wedding after and all their family that whole section was full of their family and we had an altar call and people came forward and got saved and one of their 
cousins or somebody, amen, two cousins got saved, amen, but one of these guys, I didn't even tell you guys this, one of the guys came up to me after, and he says, hey, that was a good speech. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. That's who we want. Amen. We don't want him to come up and say, what an eloquent preaching of the word, man of God. He said, that was a good speech. I got caught off guard a little bit. I said, thank you. Praise God. But that wasn't the best part. Then he said, you're going to see me again. I'm coming back Wednesday. I haven't seen him yet, but his wife's been here. Wait, I, I, that's not he said yet. He said, I'm going to be back Wednesday because I'm fixing to go on a mission right now. I smoke a lot of marijuana. And I'm going home, and I'm breaking up all my pipes, and I'm going to stop smoking. Amen? That's what we're trying to do, church. Amen? Is be the church. And be real. And, 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 and stand for what God's called to stand for. Believe for signs and wonders that people can get delivered. We know that. Many of you, if I had you raise your hands, you were potheads. Some of you all wish you would have been, uh, we, the, the law and mar marijuana law would have worked in Colorado before you got saved. I know y'all. Some of y'all are wishing, man, that came too late. Born too early. <laughs> baptism of the Holy Spirit. We've got to believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Outside of first Jesus and miracles and signs, listen, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is so important. So important. Everybody needs it. It's what's going to help us make it in these last days. And then the last one has been mentioned already, redemption. That anyone. How many in this place this morning still believe that whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved? Muslims, Mormons, atheists, anybody, amen, can be saved. Whosoever calls on the name of the Lord, nobody's impossible for God. Nobody's impossible for God. Amen. I got a whole lot of verses I didn't get to read, but Romans 15, I'll just throw out a few to write down. I won't read them. 5 and 6 talks about being like-minded. 1 Corinthians 1.10 talks about speaking the same thing, having the same speech. I'm paraphrasing some of these verses for time. Amos 3.3 says something very important that I've, I've always believed and used. How can two walk together? unless they agree no one's making you be a part of this fellowship you choose to be but if you're part of this fellowship walk together walk together amen and and, and listen to me for the, like i said for 15 years I, i'm nobody but for 15 years i've walked with this fellowship and it's it's helped me raise my kids two sweet daughters amen they're serving god Amen. I don't know where I'd be. I don't know where, where I'd be if it wasn't for my pastor. The pastors in this fellowship. This wasn't in the script. I hate when it happens. Amen. The friendship. All these years. Me and, me and Pastor Dustin and Rochelle were talking. Just how, how in the world did this happen? We went and ate Thanksgiving dinner. Rochelle might not have even wanted to be there at that moment. <laughs> And all these years later, there's a destiny because we stayed in it. I can tell you from myself, there was times I wanted to quit. 
There was times it was hard and on me and learning. Learning to be born again inside of being born again. I was raised in another fellowship. I was raised in another, another denomination. I was raised to walk a certain way and to come in and say, listen, biblically, nothing's changed, but how I walk and how I minister, I'm going to throw it all out. And I'm going to learn what my church does. I'm going to learn how they do it. And I'm going to do it just like they do it because it works for them. And I'm telling you, I've seen it work in my life. I've seen it work in my marriage. I've seen it work in our church. I've seen it work in Costa Rica. I've seen it work in Denton, Texas. It works. This fellowship and our vision and this franchise works. Philippians 1.27 says, Let your conversation be as it becomes as the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. I'll close with what I closed with many years ago, and this is probably the only part I've used from the message, was the idea. Franchising and understanding that I'm part of a group of people this morning is understanding how we work. I want to ask any of you if you've worked in fast food or working in fast food or worked in restaurants or, or any of those things most of us probably have at some time in our lives. My first job ever was delivering pizza. But if I make hamburgers, you say, well, who do you make hamburgers for? Because there's a lot of people that make hamburgers. And, and, and y'all could throw out all kinds of names I'm going to be honest, here in Texas, there's a lot of good places to eat hamburgers. And I'm not even talking about the franchise ones. There's a whole lot of mom and pop ones that are amazing. But if I make hamburgers, you got Whataburger. I know you guys don't have that in Colorado. McDonald's, Burger King, Sonic, Wendy's. All kinds of different places that you can, you can make hamburgers. And they all are edible, except probably McDonald's. Because that's got a long shelf life. Amen. <laughs> they all do it the same way except for McDonald's. I don't think they use real meat. But if you work for Wendy's, how do you make hamburgers? Like McDonald's does? Like Burger King does? No, you make hamburgers like Wendy's does. The hamburger's the same, but it's a hamburger still. But they have a certain way they wrap it. They have, a certain, they have certain things they put on it. And everybody in here can have your own opinion of what the best hamburger is. But where are you? in Victory World Outreach. If I make cars, someone says, oh, I love this car, I love that car, I love this car. Well, what kind of model car do you drive? What kind, of car, what kind of model car do you make if you make cars, if you're in a factory and you're making cars? Ford, Toyota, Nissan, Chevy, they all make cars. They have four wheels and go day to be. They all make cars. But I can't go into a Ford factory and make Fords like Toyota does. Or vice versa. If I'm in that factory, I have to make the cars like that factory makes the cars. Soldiers. We got a lot of soldiers, especially in the home church. A lot of people who've been in the military and served. And our military, and the musicians can come tonight, this morning, as long as everybody don't shut me off. The military all protects the United States. Correct? You got army. I'm not going to do this in any certain order. You got Air Force, you got Navy, you got Marines, 
You've got all these different branches, and their job, all of them, is to do what? Protect the United States of America. Right? That's their job. But I'm going I'm I'm to show you something as I close with this. It's very interesting. You don't usually see Air Force people hanging out with navies, see people. Or Marines hanging out with Army people. They're all doing the same thing. But they're in a branch. And they understand what their duty is. And Army people are not over talking to the Navy people saying, hey, you know, how do you guys do it? Or, or oh, we're going to try to do it that way. Army does it like Army does it. Navy does it like Navy does it. Marines does it like Marines does it. Air Force does it like Air Force does it. They all protect the country. But they understand that I'm a part of Air Force. I'm a part of the Army. And whatever I'm a part of, I'm, I'm true to that. I'm loyal to that. I would die for that branch. These guys and ladies get out there and die for each other on the, on, the, on, the, on the battlefield. Literally die for each other. Because of a loyalty to the part of the army that they're a part of. Now we know we're all in the army of the Lord. Amen? And so my thought was, if I'm a pastor or I'm a disciple and I preach the gospel, who do I preach it for? Assemblies of God, Foursquare, Calvary Chapel, Potter's House, some other denomination. I don't know. I am part of Victory World Outreach. That's where I belong. That's what I belong to. That's what I preach for. And so I do things and I preach like Victory World Outreach does. Amen? How many of you understand that this morning? power of unity the power of unity and the quicker you get that in your life this morning the quicker you understand listen I, I'm, I'm either here or I'm not don't ride the fence there's a whole bunch of places you can go ride the fence at Go ahead. there's a lot of places they'll let you won't even know you're there you want to go be that Christian that hides out there's a lot of places there's tons of places right here in Denton there's tons of places in Colorado Springs. There's tons of big churches that are, that are, that are like Pastor Marshall said Wednesday night, it's the, it's the truth church, have a form of godliness. They don't have the power of God. They're not having to move of God. They're not seeing souls saved. They're not seeing, they're not, they're, they're, I'm telling you that a lot of those churches, man, there might be some pop up, but man, when the rapture happens, those churches are going to be full. And that's sad. We've got to do what we do and stop worrying about what everybody else does and do what we do which is our vision of preaching the gospel, reaching this lost, getting them saved, discipling them, and planting churches all around the world. Amen. Praise God. Bow your heads this morning if you would.